Hi, Melissa. How are you today? Hi, Mel. I'm doing wonderful. I just have to say, I love your hair. I love <laughs> the blue in it. You can't see her, but it's a fabulous blue. And uh, I kind of want to do it. I've always wanted to add a little blue or something in my hair, but I'm always afraid. Yeah, I, I have the fortune of, I've been in ministry for a long time, but one of my former youth students actually became a cosmetologist. So ah. she, she keeps me <laughs> she keeps me going. And the, we started the blue back in 2013. It's a, which they can't see, but it's a teal blue. And that's the um, awareness color for endometrial cancer, which I'm a survivor of, and also for interstitial cystitis. I'm going to do with the bladder. So, yeah, I get a lot of stares. <laughs> Most of them nice. <laughs> but, yeah, that's what the, the blue will Hey, y'all. I'm Mel, and you are listening to Wilma the Wonder Hen. Are you a chicken mouth loving mama or daddy? Together we'll dive into the latest poultry keeping adventures, chat about everyday life, with a generous mix of some hilarious stories. Bringing you fascinating interviews with poultry owners from all over. You'll find tips and basic advice from your local veterinarian, along with new chicken keeping gadgets and reviews. I'm going to see what Mr. Jangles and Wilma has to say about that. We're going to encourage and help you build a stronger, healthier flock. Let's go see what Mr. Jangles and Wilma is up to. Let's go let these heifers out. Welcome back. We are so excited to have you with us today. Today's guest is Melissa. She is uh, known as the Deaf Chick, and we are super excited that she is here today. She is um, pretty amazing. Uh, once you hear her story and the things that she's been through, and she is a fighter. So, hi, Melissa. How are you today? Hi, Mel. Doing good. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. We are so excited, and I know our listeners cannot wait to hear your story. So if you would like to start with a little bit of a background and let our listeners kind of get to know you. Sure. I, I am pushing 50, believe it or not, <laughs> but I've, I was born and raised in, in Indianapolis. Um, then like high school area, I started moving a little bit further south, and now I live in the rural, a rural county just outside of Indianapolis in a large subdivision that's split between three different counties, which all three of those counties do allow in their county ordinances for poultry keeping. But my (laughs) subdivision of 2,300 plus residents actually has some covenants that are outdated. Um, They started writing them in 2001 before they even sold plots in here, but it it's worded and I've worked very hard to get this changed and I'm probably not going to get it changed, but um, I'm not the only chicken keeper here. I'll, I'll, I'll point that out. But um, I went went through quite a bit a couple of years ago, um, which got me on the journey of poultry keeping. Um, we, we lost a child that we had a post-adoption contract for. Um, we had some retaliation from the Department of Child Services. Um, so they, they took the child, even though the mother had executed the contract. So they took the child. <laughs> then I ended up having um, some some major surgeries involved as well. And then my best friend, my grandmother um, is suffering with um, dementia and Alzheimer's. And we had to put her in a memory care facility and then boom, COVID hit. <laughs> so wow. it was, it was bit, yeah, it was a little bit of a struggle uh, emotionally. And, you know, not my family doesn't live 
pretty close by me. So it, it was a struggle. So I was, I was in um, therapy and my therapist suggested, well, you know, you need to embrace a hobby, either create a new hobby or visit an old one. So I kind of channeled my inner 4-H <laughs> times from school. And I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm going to start me a backyard flock. And I wasn't the only one at that time that had chickens either. Someone about three doors down um, had dueling cockerels or roosters going. So I'm like, well, I knew of the covenants against their wording was agriculture cannot be kept on your lot. And I'm like, well, there's other people that have them. They're not really agriculture anymore. Um, chickens were reclassified. I believe it was February of 2017 by the USDA from livestock to domesticated fowl. So you should be able to keep chickens. You should be able to keep um, turkeys, poultry, quail. Um, it says waterfowl as well. Those are all legally classified as domesticated fowl. But I have a really horrible Karen neighbor next door. Uh -oh. Oh, no. <laughs> she's, yeah, she's made my, my life miserable for a decade. But when we moved in, she told us that straight out, she does not like children. She does not like animals. And we're not supposed to have community cats, but people have cats out here that they're not, they're not taking care of them. So a couple of our neighbors and I, we take care of them. We've made sure that they've been spayed and neutered and microchipped. And then they're, they're actually uh, registered to the neighbor behind me's house. So, but um, Karen will, will trap them. So needless to say, animal services knows her very <laughs> well. So I, I had, I started my little flock in March of last year in 2020. And um, of course, you know, your minimum, if you go to, let's say tractor supply rural king is six. So I, I started out, started out with six and um, all was well. And at that time, um, she knew that I had chickens. Um, we have a, I guess you call it the good neighbor fence where you can, if you look at a, an angle, you can see into the next person's yard. So I would, I would be outside. I don't know, think she could necessarily see me, but I also have a service dog and I would let him out to potty and stuff. So I was just sitting in a lawn chair on our deck and she was out watering her plants. And I saw her spraying her hose through the fence at the chickens and at my dog. So that gives you an idea of how she, I mean, cause they weren't, they weren't <laughs> in her yard and yeah, they might yeah. be by the fence, but um, she continuously complained. Um, then she, I ended up reaching out to the HOA and asked for a reasonable accommodation, which unfortunately a lot of people aren't aware that you can even do that. Um, but you can, if you have um, a, a disability, or even others, physical or mental, you can request a reasonable accommodation to go against those HOA covenants that say, you know, I think it's reasonable for me to have this little flock. Um, it's, and I let them know that, you know, my therapist is, <clears throat> you know, recommended that. And they, yeah. during COVID, I was doing teletherapy and they were, they were involved in the teletherapy because the therapist was like, I want to see the chicken. I want to see how they're doing. So I'd be outside with it. So how would someone go about getting that, um, requesting that? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I think that's a very important point yeah, that probably most absolutely. people don't know about. So if you get a violation from your HOA, then on in your violation letter, it states it should state that you have the ability to request a grievance meeting. 
So we requested a grievance meeting with the HOA board and it had the secretary, all the board members, and then their attorney on was, it was through zoom at that time because of COVID. And um, we had already had a petition from now our other neighbors, except Karen, <laughs> who said that they didn't have any problem with our chickens. And it was every, every single person whose property surrounds ours, except her. And then a couple of people across the street. And, at that time I did end up having a cockerel who was extremely loud. And I, I apologize to everybody. I'm like, I'm, I'm so sorry if it, if the noise is, is, you know, an yeah. inconvenience to you. And most everybody except Karen had a problem, had no problem with it at all. So she called the HOA about it. So then I got violation letter about mm -hmm. the chickens so I requested the grievance letter, but at that time they they weren't very <laughs> uh, nice to work with. They're still not very nice, but um, I requested the grievance meeting, and I had a couple of our neighbors in in our house while we did the Zoom meeting. And I actually even went and pulled. At that time, I only had um, Duclas, so I showed them. I'm like, all all this friction that I'm encountering is over this chicken that doesn't even weigh a pound. I'm like, do you Aww. even know? I'm like, you guys haven't seen my flock. You're just assuming yeah. that I've got large fowl back yeah. here. And um, so they, they and I explained to them, you know, that I I am disabled, and I I had my poor access at that time, and um, I told them, you know, for me, this is this is giving me a set schedule. It's you know, helping me to um, get out and be social, even though it's with the chickens. I need right. this. This is for yeah. my own, own health. So the attorney, he said he didn't have a problem, but he wanted it to, uh, in a contract. And um, and that was this was actually before we discussed a reasonable accommodation. But I asked I asked um, for the, the in the grievance meeting if we could consider allowing me to keep them. So they, they said they didn't have a, a problem that they would discuss it to see what they felt was reasonable to keep. So keep in mind, I had six. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they, they came back and they said, well, we think it's reasonable to have four, but you have four. to take your coop down. They have to be kept inside the house and we will allow you to let them outside to potty in your yard four times a day for a maximum of an hour each time. <laughs> and at this oh. contract, in this contract, I assume the secretary drafted it because it, it wasn't a really legally standing contract. But um, yeah, so and they I, don't have chickens apparently, or never. Yeah, had any. yeah, yeah. And then in in their contract, they wrote too that um that they had to be bantams and that bantams do not lay eggs. Therefore they're not chickens. So oh, I mean, that just showed they really don't know anything. About chickens. <laughs> but my, my counter with that is that I supplied the letter from my therapist and I actually have a legit written prescription for chickens. And then I have a, a drafted letter and I, before I got my attorney involved, I, I share overshared a lot of my medical diagnosis, which that's one thing. If someone's going to pursue this Avenue, be careful not to overshare anything because it's none of their business. Right. It, absolutely. What, what, yeah. It's yes. absolutely none of their business. And they, they push because I, I, I don't know how or why, but it falls under HUD law. Even though I have a mortgage, I'm not living in an apartment building or I'm not running. It falls under HUD law. 
Hmm. So I, I overshared <laughs> and even in this process, while we were trying to get them to agree and have this confidential contract, Karen next door was still calling and complaining. So they, and she said something to me as well. And I told her, I said, I'm already in discuss, discussing it with the HOA. I don't have anything to say to you about it. And she actually told me, well, you are never going to fit in here. You are a hillbilly. <laughs> you belong out in the country somewhere. <laughs> And I, and I had to remind her, um, Karen, we live in rural, in a rural oh, county. Oh, my gosh. Um, this is I country. <laughs> and, you, and you grew up in the country, which you're calling me a hillbilly, and which I, I take as a compliment because mm -hmm. of my ancestral heritage. But when she couldn't get anywhere with the HOA because we were already in this legal contract, working on that, she called animal control. Oh, so, Lord. yeah. So, and, and I know the <laughs> control officer, <laughs> he, he had to show up on my door and he's like, Melissa, do you have chickens? I'm like, Tony, you know, I do. <laughs> he's like, well, someone has made some complaints. I'm like, I already know who it is. And he's like, well, oh, I have to gosh. check on their welfare. So he had to look at the flock and he, he just laughed. He's like, these are those most spoiled pampered chickens I've ever seen. And and he said, well, she's called in an odor nuisance complaint and a noise nuisance complaint. Well, little did she seem to pay attention that I, when I realized that that rooster was really loud, even for me with my hearing aids, it just, it, it the trill of it was, yeah. it actually hurt. So I made the decision to rehome him. Um, and there's a, a feed store um, in down, well, it's past downtown Indianapolis. It's a bit of a drive. Right here, but they'll rehome your rooster for you for a fifteen dollar rehoming fee, and then anyone that wants a rooster can just go and and get a rooster. So I made that painful decision with this chicken that I bonded with to yeah. take him and rehomed him, and they they send you a, a receipt through the email. So I provided the HLA with that receipt, showed animal control officer, and I'm like, I don't have any cockerels, I don't have any roosters, so I don't know what her noise complaint could be about. It's, I mean, and even so, a rooster's not going to be as loud as the dogs that live directly behind her. That's so, and true. then the odor, yeah, and then the odor nuisance. I, I mean, I, I don't have any anything to say about that because they're, he's like, well, I don't smell anything. I'm like, well, I just mucked everything out. I, I and I currently have omelets that have the tray, so you can mm -hmm. pull them out and muck them. Yeah, those daily. are nice. So, and, yeah, so. So I'm like, he's like, well, I don't smell anything. I don't hear anything. And I'm going to tell her that her complaints are unfounded and be it to them. So at that point I served her with the cease and desist and I laid out everything that she's done hateful against us since we've lived here. And so that got served with her and then she continued to make complaints. So then I had to inform her that because I have the cease and desist about her, she thinks that all of her complaints to the HOA are, are anonymous, but because of the cease and desist, they are discoverable evidence if I were to subpoena the HOA for the source of the complaints. So now, thank God, knock on wood, she stopped. But, oh. going, but going back to the HOA, the, just the whole, it was just ridiculous, the contract that they they suggested. You know, I had, they didn't like my coop, which I have a six-foot privacy fence. It shouldn't matter to anybody they yeah. can't see it and I and it was one of those that looks like a little kid's wooden playhouse I mean it was nice it was a gift to me from the deaf community um in this area so I I felt bad but I'm like 
yes, I could keep them in the house <laughs> with a small flock like that, but why shouldn't I? So I, in my advocacy work, cause I, I'm an I'm a disability rights advocate as well. Um, one of my friends is an attorney and she's, she's like, Melissa, cause I was going to share even more medical diagnosis. She's like, you've already shared too much. She's like, it's very clear that your HOA is not aware of, of ADA law when it comes to reasonable accommodations. She's like, just hire me. And she had a sliding scale. Um, you thank God. But um, she's like, I'll, I'll step in. And at that point, when she got involved, it was um, my third request for reasonable accommodation. The HOA wasn't taking it seriously. So we ended up having a meeting at a deli and sat down and talked talk with this lawyer. And he was very arrogant. And I'm sure your other listeners will find if they go down this route, you might end up with an HOA that isn't familiar with ADA law and reasonable accommodations. But we argued that you're telling me that I have to get rid of the coop. I, if you're allowing me to have the chickens, you have to allow me to provide them with um, shelter and right. so forth, a natural habitat. And I'd explain, you know, they're, they're in the coop. They have a run. I need that to keep them protected because there's, you know, predators out here, raccoons. There was a raccoon living on the other side of the fence in the neighbor's yard. And, um, it started a family back there, but then we've got hawks and stuff as well. Mm -hmm. So he said, well, the people behind you that have two story houses can look out their window and see <sighs> your coop. <laughs> do, you, do, they have, do they have dog houses or, like no. in your ear? Are they well, they're, they're actually, well, the, there's the neighbor that we've got the community cats registered to. She has cat condos in her backyard. And there are some people with dog houses and dog, um, the dog runs. But um, we also had outdoor, we have outdoor cats and we have a covered dog kennel that's uh, attached to a deck box for them. So it's insulated so they can go but in. But that's and not a out. problem though. Right. Well, I think I, I'm kind of starting to wonder if they saw that for, that I have for the cats and oh. assumed that that might have been the coop because yeah. we did have that up on the deck. So we, we moved that back by the fence. But he told me that I had to have a, a coop that they would approve of, that I had to send <laughs> the schematics and everything over. They didn't like the style of my coop is what, what the wording was. How insulting. Like, well, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I have a six foot privacy fence, but then he tried to tell me that that what, that's not a privacy fence. So I'm like, well, have you stood in the easement behind my yard and looked in my fence? And he said, no. I said, well, then don't tell me it's not a privacy fence. Cause I'm like, you're going to have to explain that to my insurance company that just had to rebuild half of it. Cause we had a tornado come through here and it, it was, it, I'm like, they paid a lot of money for the six foot privacy fence. I'm pretty sure it's a privacy fence. But um, anyways, Karen ended up redoing her side of the fence because ours was connected to her. So it's all solid slats on her side. So now she shouldn't be able to look in and, and whatever. So anyways, <laughs> I said, well, okay, well, I, if you are going to allow me to keep them, the chickens, I will agree. I'll do an omelet, egg glue. Coop, cube, coop with a run. So I had to provide the schematics for the run and everything, and explain which it's it actually it's actually taller than the one that I had. It's still under the six feet, but um. So he said, "Well, we think it's reasonable for you to keep four with the new coop, and we'll allow you to have that them outside." And so 
my oh um, how do you get yeah. rid of two though yeah so my lawyer stepped in and she's like i'm just going to point out that the letter states that it would be it would not be beneficial for her to have to get rid of any chicken that she's bonded with or to call any and i told yeah. him i'm absolutely not going to call any he said, well, we just don't want to end up with a scenario like we have with another resident that has 18 plus chickens in their yard. <laughs> chicken man. Gonna, yeah. So chicken man is real. That's none so, of our business how many yeah, chickens. Yeah. So I, I went, he, he told us in that meeting that he would approve of the online. He just needed me to send the pictures and all the, the facts on that. So I went on ahead and ordered it. And of course, it, it comes in several different boxes yeah. for the room, the keeper and everything. So it took a while. So once that was done, my attorney let them know, okay, the other coop's been taken away. Now that she's got this coop, we're good. So we had, we finally got them to sign a green to allow me to keep my six bantam chickens. And they were very specific that they put in the contract, no cockerels, no roosters. It was only, only hens. So we got that down and within a week, I got a letter from the last time Karen complained to the HOA and complained about, and must have been like an odor nuisance, but they, their letter to me was specific, it specifically read, um, please be a good neighbor and remove all chicken poop from your property. And uh, oh, <laughs> so, yeah, so I had a laugh with, with my attorney friend. I'm like, how do they know? that any kind of odor is chicken poop concerning. I have cats, yeah, I've cats got dogs. Dog out there. Yeah. And then the other guy, he's got two bull mastiffs. I'm like, oh, how yeah. does she know that that is chicken poop? I mean, uh, it gets compost, it, yeah, it gets, and it gets compost every day. And I, and I told him, I said, if it's, if it's raining, I'm not going out there and mucking, but it, when it's not raining, I'll gladly muck it out every day. So I'm like, whatever they, they're just, they're just ridiculous. So, Someone has yeah. hurt her. Someone has hurt her. Yeah. She needs to oh, snuggle yeah. with a chicken. Yes, she, she does. she snuggled with <laughs> one of those sweet little bandoms, she yeah. would, oh, yeah. it'd be like the Christmas story or something. Oh, yeah. And the snuggle is, is real. Let me tell yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> she, really there's nothing, no, there's nothing that I can do that's going to change her mind. Right. But it, I just think it's funny that she called me a, a hillbilly and we live in the country. <laughs> and she, she grew up even further in the country. But yeah, so yeah, so I and I see a lot of times in the the, the central Indiana groups, um, and even in Indy chickens and backyard chickens, where they've gotten a letter from the from the city from a, some a neighbor complaining or whatever that found out that they've got chickens, and they tell them you know you've got one one I think she was given ten days, another person was given a week, but they had to get rid of their the chickens and people are, you know, they're a little afraid, which that's reasonable to be afraid when you get a letter from the HOA or from the city, but you should also stand up for yourself. I think a lot of yes. people laugh when you say chickens are emotional support animals, but they are, <laughs> they, they are. I don't. Yeah. Well, most of our listeners will tell you that some of them have come off of anxiety medication. Yeah. They were used for during times of depression, you know, yeah. really struggling with uh, their mental health and their flock has made a huge difference. So, yeah, yeah they are absolutely. definitely therapy. Yeah. So I and I, I think we shouldn't knock <laughs> that concept, which I, I, I hope that, you know, other people out there in the in the chicken community will accept that those that they are ESAs, but mm -hmm. and not fake make fun of people because 
people that are in that situation where they've gotten the notice that they've got to get rid of their flock, they're just like, you know, they're asking for help. So if you've got the, yes, the information to help them, then step in and do it. But um, I, I think there's a lot of outdated covenants, there's outdated ordinances, but with the HOA, the reason why I say I don't think it will ever get changed here is that we've been trying to get um, sheds approved for the whole time that I've lived here, which has been almost 11 years, but we had to do a majority vote with all 2,300 residents and we had to get a majority vote to say, yes, we will allow the shed. So if you had a shed put up, you had to take, they made you take it down or they, 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 they threatened legal consequences. But, but now they said you can have a shed, but now we've been trying for two years when we pay our dues to get people to turn in their voting ballot just to change the legal covenants legally, because it's like a whole nother step. So there, so right now my, my contract is confidential. People can call and complain, which I'm sure Karen has about my chickens. But since it's a confidential contract, all, all they're allowed to say legally is that we have a confidential contract agreement with Melissa to have her chickens. They're not supposed to say how many it says I'm allowed to have or why I have hmm. a confidential thing. They're not allowed to disclose that it's a reasonable accommodation. So then of course on the community chat for the <laughs> this subdivision, people will make comments about, um, Oh, are we allowed to have chickens? And then someone commented, well, I know of a particular person that does have chickens and then had another resident said, well, she's probably got them as emotional support animals. And then they all joked about that. So that wasn't funny, but I did have another neighbor. I, I happened to be in the hospital at that time last year and she posted a picture, which was fuzzy of chickens in her backyard. And I, I saw a white blob and I saw a black blob. So I'm like, oh, my God, those are my chickens. But she put my address on this <sighs> public forum and said, can someone please tell the resident at this address that chickens can fly and they are in my backyard? So I had a net and net the neighbor that takes care of the community cats. She called me at the hospital and she's like, they just put your address on the public forum. I'm like freaking out. So I'm, I'm commenting. I'm like. That, assuming that they are my chickens, I'm coming. Those are my chickens. I'm, I'm getting discharged from the hospital today. I will come straight there from the hospital. Please take my address off of this post. And she didn't take my address off the post. So we go straight to her house from the hospital. And I'm like, you know, Christina is her name. She doesn't live here anymore. So <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm here for my, I'm, yeah, I'm like, I'm here for your chicken, for my chickens. And she's like, well, they're already gone. So I'm like, um, okay, well, please take my address off of the, the community chat. My address shouldn't be on there. Because at this time, I have people threatening to jump my fence and kill my chickens and oh to my, eat them. Oh, it, it, oh was, no. it, was, it was nasty. So I came home, and I, I was just assuming that they were my chickens. Well, they were not my chickens. My husband, thank God, actually had mine still in their coop and run. Because this was before I had the omelet. So it was the other ones. They were still confined in there. So he hadn't thought to let them out before he came and got me at the hospital. Oh. So those were not my chickens. Well, so well, whose chickens were they? The one, the people that were oh, the one on the road that's got all of them. Close, okay. Closer to Karen next oh, door. Okay. So, but that, but my address was out there for hours. And then finally the admin 
said, you've got an hour to take her address down or I'm going to remove the post. And she still didn't take it down. So the admin took the post down. But after that, I had raw chicken thrown in my backyard three times. So we ended up adding security cameras back there. We have it in the front, which catches anyone that walks along the side of the house. But I would have to say that it's either going to have been Christina or it's going to have to have been Karen because of where it fell in the yard. But I know chickens will eat chicken, but I didn't yeah. want my dog to get this rotten, nasty Absolutely not. chicken mm-hmm. meat. It was just, it was ridiculous. So that was put, by the way, in the cease and desist for, for Karen. So, but I, I think moving forward, like mistakes that I have made <laughs> would have been not to live in an HOA. That might be for some people, but it's, it's, it's not been here. You, you can't, they, they can, if, if you need to read the covenants, I mean, the, the, when, when we got the copy of all of our subdivisions covenants for the attorney, she's like, this is ridiculous. So it was almost 500 pages of ridiculous stuff, which I knew some of it was you can't grow anything taller than two feet because I got in a complaint. I got in a complaint from where Karen complained that I was growing something in my garden behind my six foot privacy fence that was taller. She actually in the letter, it was worded that I was growing taller than four feet and the only thing I had was a blackberry bush on trainers. So at that time, <laughs> the, that makes this me sad. That, yeah. So my husband got so upset and wanted to fall in line with, with the covenants, didn't want any legal action taken. So he took vegetation killer. He killed everything in my garden oh, and, no. and my, and my flower beds. So I lost my great grandmother's hundred plus year old rose bush oh, that I'll no. never be able to get back because that came from a cutting from the farm. From my Kentucky. heart. <laughs> so, so you can see where I'm not taking any more crap from the HL. No, no, <laughs> girl, I, I've, lost, I've lost too much. So the chickens are staying, but I, I, people need to read those covenants because and one That's thing that, good came up that, yes. that, that surprised me is you can't have here. You can't have any signs whatsoever in your yard. So we have like, we back the blue, oh, yeah. black lives matter. Um, there was a, a teenage biker that had an accident last year um, from dirt biking and he was paralyzed. So we all put signs saying Lucas strong in our yard, which they let us keep those signs supporting him for a couple months. Yeah. And then we all got letters saying we had to take him down. But I had a, a just be kind sign, which their attorney approved on the grievance call and my attorney and I met with him. He said, I have no problem with your just be kind sign. So even after, so after all this, I still, I still got a letter dated October 21st that this was my final notice that I need to remove my just be kind sign, which happened to be on the side where Karen is. So I ended up making it into a, um, a garden flag and have it off of a pole in my tree in my front yard. So that is, that's crazy. Yeah, but yeah, you can't have any signs. We had people got in trouble for supporting public education signs as well. Apparently, there's some education that needs to be supported over there. Yeah, yeah. And then another resident had his um, flag that he was presented when he retired from the army. They 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 sent him a notice that he had to take his flag down, which I'm pretty sure that's constitutionally yeah (laughs) not, not valid. But they they actually came onto his property and removed the the flag. Yeah. So, and he had to go up to the office and found it in the trash. So yeah, they're, they're not kind, but they can also control the wording in ours was 
they are allowed to dictate what type of animal you have inside your house that is even a pet. So I live out in the middle of nowhere. That's my, my, that's my goal. That's what I'm, t- I'm trying, trying to, to get out of this HOA and, and head south or a little bit more, more rural where I'm not in, in an HOA. But yeah. So, but I will say that even after my contract got approved and been, been doing good <laughs> here lately, knock on wood, there is another neighbor now the other way that has, is keeping chickens and she's got a cockerel. And a lot of people Uh-oh. call the HOA to complain about her cockerel. And I had to prove that that's not mine. I will say I do have a cockerel, <laughs> but I'm keeping him in the garage right now for, you know, for a breeding project. Hmm. <laughs> but, but yeah, he's, and he's, you can't hear him if he, if he crows anyway, but I was like, yeah, yeah that's, but you know, so these neighbors technically could have chickens if they want. And there are, Quite a few they just don't know, though. Yeah, they just okay. don't know. Yeah, I now I get yeah. you. I understand now. That is a fascinating story, and you definitely can tell that the amount of passion and excitement that you have, not just for your chickens. Like, my daughter is uh, permanently disabled. We have had to fight for the last 19 years. She has a, a rare neuromuscular disease. Lots of stuff that goes with it, but... Uh, it's unknown by many, many, even specialists. She's that yeah. rare. Uh, but we've had to fight literally for all of her equipment. But what I'm saying is yeah. I appreciate you for what the work that you have done. And not just for yourself. I, I feel like you're you're also advocating for other people. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So for me, as a mother with a disabled child, it does it warms my heart so much that uh, that you are doing that. But we would like to ask you if you had three tips that you could share with our listeners on what you would be your best top chicken keeping tips? Um, I would say get involved with, in social media with, you know, find your people, your chicken people, find them. You'll, you'll end up um, meeting wonderful people like Mel um, on, on TikTok, Instagram, even on Facebook, because that the, you're going to have a plethora of resources that you can get information from. And then you'll, you also be able to talk about other people's integrity. So if like there's a certain breed that you want to get, or um, maybe have questions about, you, you'll find the correct breeder yeah. that you would want to, to handle with. But also I, I started with, um, started getting silkies last year and I didn't understand, you know, about right that that's a uh, right neck is kind of a yes. common yes. issue with them. Interesting so, and I, deficiencies. Yeah. Yes. so I didn't Definitely. know that. And I, and I ended up, I, I had two of my friends that are um, breeders. They, one told me um, to get the rooster booster mm-hmm. and poultry cell and then yep. goat paste. And I'm like yep. goat paste. And so I, I was looking everywhere. Selenium. For goat paste. Yeah. Yeah. The selenium. Uh-huh. Well, and I ended up, I went to four different, um, feed stores, home saying stores, uh, not in just Indianapolis, but Greenwood, Avon, Plainfield. I looked everywhere and I, even the one just down the street from us and more. So I couldn't, I couldn't find it. I finally found it way far away and it was labeled as lamb paste. Uh, I guess it just depends on, yeah. The, we're, yeah. Yeah. So, so just like stuff like that, like I wouldn't have known to check for something goat related for yeah. my chicken. And so that's like, tips you'll get from other people and then they let me know, you know, how much, how much they recommended for dosing, which that's also another thing. There's a plethora of resources and then people have a plethora of opinions and maybe not all of them are the ones that you should be following. 
And um, that's our biggest. Yeah, especially because veter veterinary care is it, a lot of there's I've seen a lot of shaming recently for people that have acquired chickens from other people. Maybe they rescued them or whatever, yeah. but they ended up having ailments like bumblefoot. And people mm -hmm. were like, well, they were like they were asking how to treat that. And someone shamed them, like, just take it to a vet. You don't deserve that chicken if you can't take it to a vet. Well, where I'm at, there's not a, there's not a vet that will take care of chickens. Not even where I take my dog is a horse and hound vet. They won't have anything to do with chickens. You have to take them to an exotic pet vet, right. which is way up in North side of Indianapolis. And the starting cost is $450. So that's a big investment. That's high. That's really high. From someone that's trying to rescue and save chickens. Yeah. We don't shame people. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm big anti-bullying and stuff like that. I, I won't put up with that, but, but just like I think it was um, on TikTok, Ziffy Pop had uh -huh. she chronicled how she treated Bumblefoot. I mean, that's, yeah. that's stuff that you want to look for, and you know, other people have experienced it, and you're going to find help. But then, then you also mentioned the the chicken handler book as well, and I, I think I saw the link on your your web page about that. That's that's Gail Damaro. The Chicken Health yeah. Handbook. I recommend that yeah. to anybody who ever uh, is thinking about chickens or has chickens. But also like MerckVet.com. And there are some other yeah. ones that are backed by veterinarian and backed yeah. by science. Yeah. So, yeah. And I and I will. I also highly recommend that you got, jump on any podcast or Zoom webinar that you can. A lot of the, the feed companies, Purina and Comback, yes. especially... Mm -hmm during lockdown and, and with the capability yeah. of Zoom, there's so so much information stuff that you can go out there and then taking those webinars um and so forth online too from like Combat Karina or whoever, you can also link in to get savings and stuff or you can win stuff. Like one it was on um that I took was on Moltine and they had a veterinarian on there and she was taking us all around her farm and showing us. But at the end, um, she asked, okay, first two people that can give me three reasons why a chicken molts, then you'll get this. I was the pumpkin oh, spice cool. yeah. feedlot. So, and I, I happened to win that. I mean, that was a $20 feedlot. They just mailed it to straight to my house. And I it love was that. It's all very exciting. So, yeah, that's look, look for your people, hop on the podcasts and, and the webinars. And, um, but also research, <laughs> research <laughs> your covenants and ordinances where you live and also have your coop ready to go. Even if you're getting chicks or you're going to hatch them, have your coop ready to go because some of them will, you know, grow, yeah. grow really fast and we'll need that coop and yes. make sure it's as predator proof as you can possibly get it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very good tips. I love every one of those. Is there anything else that you'd like to share before I ask you our three questions at the end? I mean, is there anything else you would like to mention? Anything? I would say that if you're going to, um, like someone advertises on a Facebook group that they want, they need to rehome their flock. You need to inspect, touch, put your hands on any bird that you're going to consider bringing into your flock. Take biosecurity very seriously, but check them because then you're going to be able to detect if they've got any um, deformations, if they're infested with poultry lice, which I had mm -hmm. that happen yeah. to me. It was pretty disgusting. And then quarantine them away from your, uh, away from your flock. 
I had them in my garage, but I had a brooder going as well. So I kept them far away from yes, the, absolutely. I had the brooder. But take that seriously. But if someone's opposed to you coming and they may not want you on their homestead, that's perfectly that's perfectly a normal, reasonable request. But before you take them home to your flock, inspect them. Definitely. I know a lot of um, places do have closed flocks. You know, a lot of the local breeders, I don't know, depending on the breeder, they do have a closed flock and they don't want you on their property for biosecurity reasons, which I want to understand. But Two, they, there are other ways that you can like booties and uh, foot dips and things like that. We only hatch birds here. I don't buy live birds and bring them in. Uh, that's just how we do it to prevent any any issues of outside diseases and things. But even then, you know, you still you should be able to see the parents of the animal that you, you know, if you're going to buy a specific breed. Okay, Melissa, what do you think that each of us could do uh, in the chicken community to help each other? Or what do you think we are lacking? Uh, Just a little insight on what, uh, pick your brain a little bit. I'm actually offering each other wisdom, especially the newbies. Don't give them such a hard time. You know, they're, they're just diving into this experience and you should want, you know, their flock to be well-maintained and taken care of. So don't shame them for asking what seems to you like a silly question, because to them, it, it's it's truly new knowledge. You know, help them along, help them in the process, and you'll you'll end up getting blessed in the end. Um, but you t- touched a little bit about um, biosecurity as well, which I, I think you really should, if you're, um, you should take that seriously. I know a lot of other breeders, if you can come onto the property and inspect the, the sire and the dam of any chickens that you're getting from their breeding projects, mm-hmm. um, some will offer um, the booties. Um, I have separate muck boots mm-hmm. that I use with my flock and that I, that I leave in the, in the car if I'm visiting someone else's homestead, but I always sanitize them um, too in between visits, but some but res- respect if other people don't want you on their homestead because some, some people have experienced taking in um, birds that have maybe found out that they had merricks and they need to lock down their flock. Yeah. So they, they have their reasons and some may truly be authentic reasons why they don't want you coming on their property, but be careful too. If you go to swaps, a lot of people here go to swap meets to sell their birds or to acquire birds, yeah. make sure you're laying down a, a tarp on the ground and have your cages sitting on that tarp. Um, because the disease can come off of another per- bird from another chicken keeper that in their dander or whatever. You just you want to be mindful of cross contamination because that it, it's definitely a serious thing. But you you want to inspect these birds. You want to be able to touch them, check for any deformations. I, I have a special needs chicken and she's getting around just fine. But um. You want to check them for poultry lice and mites. And someone actually put in one of our groups that they needed to rehome a flock of 15 chickens. And they said that they, they did disclose that they had poultry mites on, on their feet and that they've been trying to, to treat them unsuccessfully for over a month. So they were letting you know up front, but not everyone's going to be up yeah. front. So you need to, you need to do right. your due diligence. Right. You didn't know what to look for. Yeah, because the first time I saw poultry lice was acquiring silkies from another <laughs> another breeder, and it was rather disgusting. I checked, I was checking the vents, and there was just yeah. like all these bugs, I'm like oh, 
So, but keep them. And then when you bring them, if you decide to keep them and treat them, which I, I did, I kept them separate. I had them in their own little quarantine brooder and away from any, any other birds I had in a brooder away from my flock. Um, but just be mindful of that. But also if you're wanting to hatch out eggs um, and you acquire eggs from another person, do your due diligence there because I have acquired, um, I was trying to do a prairie bluebell egger project and acquired mm-hmm. bluebell egger eggs <laughs> from an, another breeder. And it was very clear that she did not pin each breed separately. And I, I've been to her homestead. So she's got the acreage yeah. that she could do that. And she's got the actual different coops yeah. that she could do that. And there are times where you can allow them all to free range, but if you're buckling down for, breeding and you're wanting to hatch out eggs don't advertise that you have this full breed available when you let it free range with other because it was it was very sad when several of the chicks (laughs) hatched out and you could tell that they were crossed with her ron's rooster Uh, and then i then i couldn't sell them as purebred and i paid a lot of money for those eggs because they're not cheap if you get good eggs so i I knew that going forward i'm not gonna buy eggs from them but yeah seeing where they come from if you if you at all possible is absolutely spot on i agree 100 percent, and be honest with what you have to offer so yes okay are you ready for your three questions you've made it to the end and we are so excited awesome bring it on (laughs) it's really not that intense but it just kind of gives our uh listeners uh just an insight into how you are made up so if you could put anything on a billboard, what would it be and why? Just be kind. Love, not hate. Aww. That would be another option. You don't have to, we can all have different opinions, but we can be respectful of each other. And it takes so much more energy to be nasty than it is to just be kind. You never know what someone else is, is facing in their day. Yeah. Absolutely. 100% facts. Yep. I agree. What is your favorite room in your house and why? <laughs> your favorite Probably room? Probably my kitchen. I've got all my, my chicken signs on, on one of my walls. You yeah. can't see it, but they're so cute. <laughs> I've got them all. I grew up um, in my grandma's restaurant. She used to own a restaurant in downtown Indy that was famous for selling um, hot Irish stew that was named after my grandfather. So I learned to oh, cook from oh, her. Oh, wow. So I'm... I'm pretty good cook and, and baker <laughs> everybody always asks for specific dishes and and they know that i'm the one oh one we'll have to see oh yeah stuff. and do you ever put your recipes online or anything do you yeah i i share a few on facebook and i have shared recently my sweet potato casserole which is a family secret oh. recipe that is on tiktok if you go looking for it, it it's on there but yeah I, i'd be happy to send it to you i'd happy to send you the the stew one yeah, it's oh the stew is so awesome. It it's so good. <laughs> but yeah, my kitchen is is probably my favorite favorite room in the house. I feel, I feel comfortable filling my element here. Oh, that's a great thing. That's when you know you're doing it right. When you when you get in the place where you're supposed mm-hmm. to be, it just like feels right. Nature. You yeah. just know it. If you could tell your younger self anything, what would you do? What would you tell her? You got some serious battles coming up, but you are equipped to handle them all. Just remember to breathe. You're a fighter. You're a fighter like my daughter, and I can appreciate that yep, so much. You have to be. 
It's a because like you had touched earlier about you have to advocate for her. Some people don't know how to advocate for themselves, so they can't self advocate. And you've got the know how. I think we go through some experiences in life because God wants to use you to bless other people. And throughout all my medical trauma, I've been able to use that to bless other people. Because I I would never I, I lived yeah I lived with a feeding tube for seven years and. I, I was discriminated in the workplace <laughs> for having a feeding too. So I was told I was a biohazard yeah. risk, but I, I'm, I'm just amazed at how messed up our health system is too. We, sh- we shouldn't have to fight so hard to have our basic needs met. And yes. I, my daughter, she has a paralyzed diaphragm and a paralyzed vocal cords and lots of things. And her voice, uh, she had a trach when she was little and uh, so many, many things, but, uh, she started working at 15 because she was just so excited to work, you know, and uh, we fought hard to get the equipment because she has mm-hmm. a ventilator that she has to use and yeah. all kinds of things. But but what it brought up in my mind is when you said about the workplace, because she, her voice is very mm-hmm. small and very minimal because of the vocal cord damage and it doesn't open and close like it's supposed to. And that child, and now she's 19, so the last four years, she's heard from every customer, are you sick? Is there something wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Why are you working if you're sick? And I'm like, she's not sick. That's just the sound of her voice. And oh, it don't, anyways, no, I didn't mean no, to interrupt. I, I'm, I'm touched by that. But yeah, I'm, I'll tell her I'm rooting for her. Thank you. That means a lot. We appreciate you so much. I appreciate you guys. Uh, where can our listeners find you? Yeah, they can find me on, on TikTok under Death Chick, and I am on Instagram Instagram as well. And I believe it's um Death Chick Black, I think, on Instagram. And then I'm on I'm on um, yeah. Facebook as well. But please don't slide in my DM. <laughs> Speaking of I'm I'm not interested in that. If it's chicken related or yeah. PG we, yeah. I'll entertain. I'll help you. I'm I'm always there to help i'm resourceful and especially if you want to fight your hoa or the the county ordinances i i'm i'm in your corner i will point you in the right direction always happy to help it was an honor we are so so grateful and we appreciate you and i hope you have a good week and we will definitely see you next time bye y'all I'm Mel, and you are listening to Wilma the Wonder Hen.